And we're live. Levi Coleman, how are you? I'm good. How are you, buddy? Good, good. Thank you so much for being on my podcast. This is Seize Your Mind Soccer Podcast, the podcast about soccer, mental toughness, and life. Today we have Levi Coleman, who is currently the Athletic Academy Director of Coaching for the Tulsa Athletic. Uh, he just won with the, in 2019 the under-20 UPSL Red River Conference as the head coach. Um, he is also the assistant coach for the NPSL team, um, which won in 2019 the conference regular season. This is the main team. Um, and playoff champions. They are undefeated through the regular season and conference playoffs. Regional fi finalists finishing fifth in the nation. Um, he has a U.S. Soccer C license. He's also the ORU, or Roberts, men soccer assistant coach. Um, he coached one year for Booker T as head coach, three, year for, three years for Union High School as assistant coach. Tons of great experience. Uh, All-time leading goal scorer for the Tulsa, Tulsa Athletic for NPSL. So he still holds that record. He played USL for two years with Charleston Battery, won the championship in 2010, played professional indoor for one year with Kansas City Comets, and he played professional indoor for two years with Tulsa Revolution. Three years at Florida International University, Division I, Conference USA All-Freshman Team, Freshman of the Year, Conference USA Finalist in 2007, and all the way back to 2005, he was Tulsa World High School Player of the Year in 2005. So, Levi, obviously, you've been taking names and kicking butt your whole career. What do you believe has been the number one factor of your that's led to your success? I love, I love the game of soccer. So, I mean, I've loved it. So, I, I practice it, I played it, and I study it, and it's just kind of a blessing to be able to make that uh, what my living is and something that I get to do on a day-to-day -day basis. So really it's been the passion, just the fact that I love the game. What got you into the game to begin with? How old were you when you first started playing? And tell me about that. Man, I, I started young. I was, uh, I think like, not young. So I know they got the, the little kicker programs and the happy feet programs uh, for like two to five and all that. But I started about five or six, I think it was under six age. And um, actually, uh, Jacob Rogers, who's our, who's been the Tulsa Athletic goalkeeper since day one, uh, his dad was our, was my first coach. So he and I played together back at like age five and six years old. So I just played a little rec. And then to be fair, it was like my, the school I went to, we played every day at recess. That was something that was really, really fortunate for me. We played every day. So they loved it there. So I was getting it every single day. So it was just at school. And then, yeah. What school was six, that? About five. Right Christian what? Academy. Okay. Yeah, so we had like a little team that we put in a rec league as well. And so, I mean, it was fun. I mean, I get, I mean, that was a big piece of me getting soccer on a daily, daily basis. Gotcha. And then when did you start to kind of make it from just a hobby, having fun to like kind of be more serious about winning? So, I mean, my, my dad jokes about when I was like in my first couple of seasons, I mean, I was hanging on the net, distracted by everything else, not too worried about it. And then it just seemed like one day it just kind of, Clicked. I mean, it was still, I was about six or seven, so I was still young, but it clicked and I was just 
all over the place and scoring goals left and right and then playing at school all the time and I would just happen to be doing a little better than the the, the rest of the kids in the class and and tearing it up there so I started realizing I was doing well at a young age and so I, like I said I it wasn't so much I was taking it serious but I just loved it so uh I, that 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 came in place probably about seven or eight years old it was it was pretty early okay and um what was your first like official official like club game do you remember that experience like you're like when it was just like oh this is serious now like um man i mean i i would have to say because we didn't even have like that the academy set set up that they have now from like uh for ages 10 and under competitive started at u11 so i was playing rec up until u11 so Obviously, there were tournaments that were more advanced than others uh, that, you know, your reality check happened at some of those tournaments. So, I don't know. I don't know if there was necessarily a, a, a first moment where I was like, wow, like, it's, it's getting competitive other than actually hitting competitive soccer. And it was – the level obviously was an increase. Do you remember your first game at the U11? I don't. No. I don't. I can remember games here and there, flashbacks. I got a couple of videos when I was like – seven or eight and, and, and doing some things. So I, I remember some games and flashes, but I don't remember remember any specific of a first game like that, no. Okay, and where did you play high school ball? Uh, so I played uh, two years at Booker T. Washington and then two years at Broken Arrow. Um, at Booker T, played for Jose Fernandez, phenomenal coach, like um, one of my favorite coaches I had. Um, we went to the state finals, freshman, sophomore year, lost in both of those. Um, I happened to already live in BA at that time. I was, I was commuting a distance into Booker T. Washington, um, and I live like right around the corner from BA. Um, Jose Fernandez happened to move away. Um, I think he moved, uh, I want to say he moved to Florida at that time. And so uh, it just made sense for me to kind of uh, transfer to what was, you know, closer to home right around the block. So, and I had a good soccer program and everything like that. So I transferred over to BA. Um, we had a phenomenal year my junior year, but uh, like uh, so got knocked out in the quarterfinals. Like it was it was a shock. It was upset. And then I, and my senior year we made it to the finals again, and we lost in the finals to Union. Went undefeated all year. Um, had, uh, had already beat Union earlier in the year. Then played them in the finals. And I mean we're up on them one zero. Nine minutes left. They put two away, and we lost two to one. Man, so, what lost, a heartbreak. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was tough. What was your favorite high school moment, whether it be a goal or a specific game? Do you have like a one that was like, that one was special? Like, would you, would that be referring to like high school soccer or club yeah. soccer and like a high school soccer? Okay. Um, I mean, it could be while you're playing club during high school. Just that. I mean, there's a couple for... of them. Uh, because I had lost so many times uh, in the finals in high school, three out of four years, I made it to the finals and, and lost them. And then, even in club, I lost a couple times. My senior year, I was a senior, maybe in junior year. <laughs> uh, I may have been junior year, but uh, I, we won the state championship, and I had the game-winning goal in uh, double overtime with, like, two minutes left. Uh, and so I think we won 3-2. I had, like, two assists and got the game-winning goal. And that was, like, my, I think my only state championship uh, between club and high school. So that was – that was something that stood out and, and meant a lot. Walk me through that goal. Can you remember it? Um, man, 
I used to remember it pretty well. Um, how did he score that goal? I can't walk you through that. I just remember being super excited and just running around the place as like a pot dog pile on me afterwards. And it was just a, it's a good moment. But I think I remember my assist. I had like, I think I had like two corner kicks or crosses that I got assist, but I can't remember how I put the, the last one away. I think it was off of a corner kick as well. And I got a last minute touch or something, but. Well, when you score as many goals as you do, you know, I'm sure kind of start to, start to forget <laughs> them. Start to put them together. <laughs> yeah. All right. So uh, what was the, what did you, what did you do after high school? You went to Florida directly? Or? Yeah. So uh, I went down to Florida International University and uh, had a good freshman year, actually, uh, all conference, uh, all freshman, or all freshman team. My conference year, I was freshman of the year. Uh, for our class or at our school um, and got a hat trick in, in one of the games. I think we were playing Marshall, got a hat trick. So had a good, good start. Uh, sophomore year and junior well, let me pause year. You there. Let me pause you real quick. Let's yeah, go, back. go ahead. How did you end up in Florida in that school? Like what was that process to choose that school? Um, yeah. So um, to be fair, I, I had, I, ha I had a good amount of offers uh, coming out of high school. Um, so being able to pick and choose a big piece is me deciding like uh, not having to pay for school. So as much of it can be paid for as possible. So that narrowed schools down. And uh, I played in the turn, I played in the Disney showcase. Uh, I think it was like December of my senior year. And the assistant coach saw me. I mean, he reached out to me while I was there still at the tournament and everything. And um, it was like a month later, they flew me in for, uh, for a visit and offered me a full ride. So. Um, it was kind of a no-brainer because it was down in Miami. I think a couple of the schools I was looking at were in some colder climates. So I went down, had a visit down, I mean, uh, spending a weekend in Miami, Florida, and then being told you're going to play there for free. And I knew there was a lot of talent that played there as well, and a lot of talent down in that area. So, um, yeah, it was a simple decision once that offer was on the table. And once you started playing there, like your first year, were you like a star from the start or – did you kind of take a while to build up momentum to get used to things in college ball? Like what was that transition oh, like high school to college? So hindsight, that's one of those things that like, I, I wish I would have been mentally in a better place. Um, and what I mean by that is obviously as with most, most players, you, you play, uh, you play much better when you're confident and, and you believe in what you can do. I, whenever I was confident, I was on top of the world. A lot of times back here in Oklahoma, I did well, but then I had a bad habit of whenever I'd go into new environments. Like when I got down there to Florida, I put everyone else around me on a pedestal. Like, oh, they've accomplished this. They've done this. Not knowing they may have been thinking the same thing about me, but, you know, but on the, uh, I'm not looking at that way. I just put them on pedestal. And so I played in the shell. I felt like um, uh, in the beginning, I didn't think that I necessarily played my best my freshman year because I felt, um, not at my, my like peak of confidence. So, um, for me, it, I, I don't think that I went in and just absolutely killed it. Statistically, I did well, but I don't think I played my best soccer. Um, and I, and I improved over time. But then with that said, like my confidence grew, but my statistics didn't necessarily fall in line my sophomore and junior year as well. But yeah, I mean, I, I started off, started off strong, but I, I didn't mentally believe that I belonged at that moment. Looking back, I should have known better and and taken advantage of that. But how did that? 
how did you start to overcome that? Was it just slow, a slow, gradual process? Or did you talk, sit down and have a talk with yourself being like, dude, you got to snap out of this? Or like, what was, what was it like? It just came with spending more time around the players I was around. I mean, we played, I mean, going out and playing pickup all the time with them and just um, getting comfortable in my environment and the players around me just being like, all right, well, I'm, I'm better than that player or I like, you know what I'm saying? Just realize that they're not on the pedestal that I originally had them or I'm up higher than I actually was. So, I mean, it, it just, one of those things that just came with time and building my comfort level. Have any of your players as a coach, have you seen them experience that and you help them through that? Like now that you're a coach? Yeah. I mean, that's a huge thing I try to pass on is making sure that my players are confident and believe in, believe in themselves that, I mean, um, the minute they have any self self doubt or any any lack of belief in themselves, all their decisions on the field become negative, and uh, and then once negative things happen, it just becomes a snowball. So for me, I I want to make sure my players are confident and believe in themselves. That's a huge piece. Cool, cool. Yeah, it's definitely it all starts up here and trickles down. Got some. There we go. <laughs> all right Sorry about that. um okay so you, you played college ball all four years at that school no so i played uh i played three seasons at florida international and then i transferred into umkc university of missouri kansas city um so i played i transferred halfway through my junior junior year and i played my senior season at umkc why did you transfer there um i just <laughs> I guess simply put, I, it wasn't a good fit for me down at FIU um, from being from being distracted um, to um, not necessarily. I, I just I just didn't find the success that I find the success I would like to have had there. I think um, a lot of that looking back was on me and my own problems and, and things, my own. Uh, lack of focus um put me in certain uh put me up put me in that position uh but with that said i just needed a new environment and uh and i think it ended in the end of the day it was the best thing for me I, when i got to umkc the players i was around the coach that i had um just re-sparked my my passion for the game um i continued to learn more i was pushed i was challenged and that, that was kind of like a huge turning point in my my college soccer time was uh was that switch to umkc so how did you find out about the school and that program? Like, did they come find you? Was, was it like a coach you already knew? Like, at what point are you like, all right, I got to start looking for someone else, somewhere else. And what was your process to find that other place that landed you there? Well, so to be fair, I had been kind of trying to go somewhere else earlier. I mean, probably for my freshman year, um, but just the timing of things just wouldn't it work out and it just makes sense to stay. And I, in the end of the day, I was still in a good situation where my education was getting paid for. Um, <clears throat> so uh, I had been looking, but uh, by the time that, that this time arrived, my roommate at the time, um, very high, uh, high level player, went on to play a lot, uh, Juan Guerra, his roommate uh, was at, or I'm sorry, Juan Guerra, his brother was at UMKC. And at the time, there was a lot of players from Miami going to UMKC. Um, and so I happen to know a lot of the players down in Miami that were going to UMKC or some re relation um, in that in that manner. 
And so uh, that's kind of just the way that that idea grew. And then from there, like I got once I got my release from FIU and I was at home on uh, Christmas break, I set up a visit with them, got up there and then it just worked out. I got a full ride to UMKC, which is a blessing because for me to just go one year to school and get a full ride, um, they definitely bet on me with that. So um, that's that rare started to it happen. And say what? That's rare to happen. Yeah, it's definitely rare to happen. So that was, that was definitely, um, that was definitely a blessing. Um, so you finished there and then you went to Charleston? No, so, yeah, so, yeah, so while I was at UMKC, kind of got myself fit, got, got myself rejuvenated, was, had a good year. We succeeded. Um, we won the Summit League Conference. We had a lot of players in that group that went on and played professionally as well. So that we had a good year while I was there. I was, uh, I, I did a little bit of training a couple months with Sporting KC uh, back in the summer, back in 2008 and 2009, a little bit. And then, uh, so after my senior season though, I uh, actually had more school to finish. So I actually stayed, in, stayed at UMKC for two more semesters to finish school. What were you and, studying? Uh, uh, communication. Okay. So, so I had actually, while I was doing that, again, it kind of put soccer to the side and was just kind of doing school a little bit and then uh, got a little bit out of shape. And then uh, I think when winter came, there was a indoor semi-professional team that uh, called the Kansas City Kings. And so I kind of, I had been playing, I started playing a little bit of men's league stuff around Kansas City for a little bit right before that time. And so the Kansas City Kings, some players I played with in some men's league stuff had invited me out and uh I went out and played with them I think that was winter of 2019 I mean 2009 leading into 2010 and uh interesting fact about that uh the U.S. women's national team coach uh Blasko Andonovsky was the head coach of that team uh when I played there so I spent about a season with him right before I went off to Charleston and uh so yeah so I played there and then I did um I went to the USL Combine uh, that was in January, and uh, I had multiple teams reach out to me, invite me into preseason. I went into Charleston, um, had a good showing, and then uh, uh, Charleston hosts the preseason tournament with MLS teams, and uh, they bring in three teams, and they play a uh, four-team round robin, and which is an incredible experience. And so, I mean, this is my first preseason in the professional environment, and I actually don't have the contract yet, um, but we uh, – we're hosting, I think it was DC United, Toronto, and Real Salt Lake. And I think in the first game, um, uh, I got in second half and, uh, against Real Salt Lake. And I think I stole the ball from the back line, got in, um, played it over, got an assist, and we went up 1-0 in that game. I think we ended up losing the game 3-1. to But uh, it was after that game I got my uh, contract off. So that was, that was a moment that, like, is the highlight of my, my soccer career that stands out of that moment when the coach came up to me and was like, hey, we'll have your paperwork for you on Monday. That was, After the uh, game? That was exciting. Yeah, that was exciting. That's cool. Yeah. That's yeah. cool. What was that feeling like? You just get goosebumps <laughs> at the moment when he said that? Yeah, so um, Charleston had a, had a cool setup. They had this, um, like, a, inside their stadium, they had a pub upstairs. And so after the game, um, they had food and drinks for us up there. So – we, we played that game, we shower up, head upstairs, and um, I'm actually sitting at this table with like one of my guys just hanging out, talking a little bit, and the coach comes over to the side of me, and he just kind of taps me, he's like, hey, great game, how you feeling? I was like, yeah, I'm, no, I'm good. He's just like, uh, well, just want to tell you congratulations, uh, 
and it's like a Friday or Saturday night. He's like, on Monday morning, meet me. We'll have your paperwork and get you signed up. So I, that, I remember, like, I played it cool. I looked over, I was like, okay, awesome. Appreciate it, coach. And kind of walked away, and I turned over and, like, tried to stay chill. It's like, man, he just told me I'm getting contract. So, yeah, that was a big moment. I was excited. That's, that's a huge dream that not many people get to see happen. Yeah. And no, a lot of people was, have. It was special. Yeah, it was special. That's really cool. So you played especially, two years for them? For, especially for an environment that, especially like coming from uh, being tested in, in, in against MLS teams. Like, so the first games we're getting thrusted out into or against the, those teams. I mean, they were, uh, I think at that time, when we played DC United, we lost 2-0. I mean, it was Jaime Moreno, one of the MLS all-time leading goal scorers. He put both of those goals away for us, uh, away against us. And, I guess. Uh, Robbie Finley, I think, just scored against us for Real Salt Lake in that game that, uh, after the game that I got that contract. So, I mean, it was – that was one of those moments I remember, like – I remember almost, like, tearing up, like, during the national anthem. Cause it was, like, just, like, a few months ago, I wasn't even playing soccer. And then I come in, like, it just happened so fast. I'm in the preseason. Now I'm in the game lined up against, like, an MLS team. So, Star Spangled Banner was going there. I was kind of getting choked up. Like, it was all kind of coming and hitting me at the same time. Like, like oh, man, this is actually, real. Yeah. yeah, this is real. Yeah. So that that was incredible. That's awesome. That's awesome. So you played uh, there for two years, right? Yeah, so I played 2010 and 2011. Uh, 2010, um, we had a very strong team. Uh, we won. Uh, we won the championship that year, actually. Um, and that was just—I mean, obviously that was incredible because it was my uh, my first season as a professional, and then we won a championship. And I think another moment that was, I, I think, stands out that was exciting as well my first year the first game our first season game that I got into we played uh we were playing Charlotte at Charlotte and we were tied two to two I came in like the 78th minute 70, I think maybe 71st minute and I think it's 79th minute I scored the game winner and made it three to two so that was like uh that was exciting to kind of step into my first actual season game make an impact for our season we're you know one and oh on the season game like, winning goal the game winner yeah, one goal in like 13 or 15 minutes of play. So that it, it was off to a, a flying start. I was, yeah, I was buzzing at that point. And then, like I said, for us to kind of go on and win the championship that year, it was, it was a great experience. So why'd you leave Chattanooga or battery? What do you call it? Uh, Charleston. So I had a, I had a two-year contract. It did not get uh, renewed that next year. And so, Man, to be honest, I the mindset that I was at at that point was I wasn't getting phone calls coming in begging me to, to go on to the next level. I would have progressed even to the next step at that point after that amount of time in the USL, especially at like the financial circumstances at that time, what's being paid in that league and everything like that. Um, I just wasn't committed to fully chasing it around. I had a couple of uh, I did have a couple of places that I could have gone into, um, gone into their preseason and um, hopefully gotten a contract. But at that time in my life, I wasn't, I, I wasn't that focused to do that. I, I, I wasn't ready to, you know, pack up and go stay in one, one area of the country for a few months and things like that. Obviously at this point in my life, hindsight, I, I think, you know, obviously, I wish I would have and maximize that opportunity of where I was in my career, my age and what I could accomplish. Um, but just at that time, uh, 
I had a couple of other opportunities um, that were like not soccer related that I felt that I wanted to go in that direction. So um, that, that, I mean, simply put, that's kind of where, why I didn't, um, where you felt, I, like, you felt like you had to quote unquote grow up and do, do the... kind of hang out. Yeah. I felt like it was time to move on and, and move on to the next chapter of my life. Gotcha. Hindsight. I, I, I wish I probably would have seen where, where my body could take me and what the highest peak I could get. But um, in the end of the day, I, I love where I am in life as well. So there's absolutely no regrets either. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so then how'd you get into the indoor professional soccer? So that happened. Um, so I took the comments in between. So uh, in between my seasons at Charleston. So obviously the seasons are short or they were shorter then. they're a little longer now, but at that time the seasons were about six, seven months. So um, basically I was uh, not with a team. Well, basically put me on loan for indoor. Basically you like the season's done in August and you come back in like March. And so the season was done in September, come back in March. So during that time frame, um, me being from you, uh, 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 coming from UMKC, my now wife, uh, Brittany, was actually still living in Kansas City. She was still finishing at U, uh, UMKC. So I went back to Kansas City in between seasons. And so obviously the comments were there. And then they signed me. Basically, I got a loan from Charleston. They, they loaned me over for that off season. And I basically, I used it. Um, I used Charleston as an opportunity. I mean, not Charleston. I used indoor as an opportunity to develop in the off season for outdoor. I never really wanted to. I, I wasn't the biggest fan of the indoor game. Um, in regards to like, and to be fair, I got hurt. I got injured the most in indoor as well. But uh, I, I wanted to stay sharp and that was the best way. I was a high level, yeah. playing around high level players and um, training on a daily basis. So that's what put me into the indoor um, arena, indoor so game. And then, so to be fair, I didn't even get to finish the season because preseason for the USL overlapped uh, the indoor season. Mm. So I actually had to leave early to go back to Charleston. And then, uh, then, then I think it was, uh, then after that, it was the next year I played when, after I played in Charleston, I went back to Kansas city and I played with a, like a PASL indoor team that was called, uh, they were called Kansas city magic. I take that back. The team I played way back in the day with the Blotko coach was Kansas city team. The, this team was Kansas magic. And then when I moved back to Tulsa, um, the timing was right that it happened to be the Tulsa revolution happened to be launching. And, I went um, to a lot of those games. Yeah, and yeah, I remember that. And so uh, I happened to be the first signing for that. Oh, you were number one. Yeah, I was the first. Yeah, so I was the first signing. So um, the cool. timing just—I happened to be here. Like I said, I was technically had hung up my boots of playing, um, and had been back here, uh, back in Tulsa. Yeah, I'd been back here in Tulsa already. I'd gotten here like in that summer, and so I, I'd been here, and then revolution started. So it just worked out, and I was just been coming off of playing at a high level. So we just got a chance to continue on with, with the revolution. All right, let's pause the career progression because I want to get into your coaching later, how you got into coaching. But yeah, let's go back real quick about if uh, what advice would you have for someone who's in high school now who wants to play college? What's the number one thing you wish you could have gone back and told yourself in high school that would have better prepared you for playing ball in college I wish I would have set goals um I think I I I left a lot of stuff up to chance um kind of just 
with an attitude of like, I'll play and I'll get the phone calls instead of like, okay, well, hey, let, let me accomplish this in college. I'm, I am in declaring, I am going to be doing this when I'm 25 or playing here when I'm this and that and um, put my head down and focusing just on that. I was kind of all over the place of, and even by example of me moving into working and quitting soccer early, I was still just grasping it what I felt was best opportunities as opposed to saying this is the end goal of where I'm wanting to be and I'm going to get there. Um, I would tell players to do that and, and to believe in yourself and not take the first no as, you know, the end of the game. Because at the end of the day, all the players at the highest level receive no at some point um, all the time. And I, I believe I let even the fact that when I, when I said my time was done at Charleston, I let the fact that I wasn't being invited to the next level yet tell me that okay I'm not good enough instead of the the mindset of I'm not good enough yet I took it as well and just not not so you let that dictate your life as opposed to yeah dictating and going after okay yeah that's a that's is really good advice I I I work with the Roger State men's soccer team and I work with them one of the main things we work on is setting goals and uh, I had Jake Simpson on the podcast the other day and he was like at the beginning of the season, he was like, I'm going to be an All-American. Everyone knew it. He knew it. The whole team knew it. He visualized it. And sure enough, he got it. So, like, setting goals is very important. Keeps very you, important. Keeps you focused. Keeps you from, you know, keeps, gives you a rudder to your boat so you, you know where you're yeah. going. Very um, And then let's say someone who's playing college ball and want to get to the next level. Is there a different um, yeah, words of wisdom I, you'd give them? You have to start treating yourself. You have to already be a professional before you become a professional. So like um, a lot of the players and in hindsight, looking back at what separated from when I was in college to when I was professional and even the players that had longer careers um, professionally compared to players with shorter ones was um, the way they took their, I mean, the way they lived their life, um, it wasn't just about training. It was, uh, the way they fed themselves, um, throughout the day, the amount of sleep they're getting, the workouts they're, they're doing and the amount of effort that they're putting in it and, uh, keeping their body in the, the best physical, uh, shape that they can be in. I, I, that's the biggest piece. And so there's this attitude, and at least I kind of had, it was like, well, when I get there, I'll, 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 I'll do this every day. Or I'll do that every day. And, and not to take back, in fact, I still trained. I trained hard and I took care of myself. I, I believe it went in spurts. There were times I was super focused and getting after it. Then I'd go for, for a few weeks where it wasn't as much. It was more laid back. Um, but starting that, the ability to be professional um, at a younger age, you know, and, and bra- embracing training and the ups and downs, uh, that, that's vital. Because in the professional game, every, I mean, at the professional level, every practice – is, is basically a tryout trying to get into the uh trying to get into the starting lineup maintaining your starting position everything like that so that's pressure so you're not kind of just going out and and playing soccer each day hoping you get a chance to scrimmage and that kind of stuff it's pressure as soon as you step on i mean as soon as you walk out from the locker room um you you've got to be mentally focused and feels at the moment feels like the weight of the world is on you because that's deciding you know which direction your career is going every day at practice so um if you are trying to, if 
you get to that level and it hits you as a culture shock, it can be a problem. But if you start practicing at an early age of embracing that, that journey, um, you, you set yourself up for success. That was the, exactly what I was going to kind of say. Was sounds like you're giving yourself, putting yourself in the best position to succeed if you're doing training as a professional. Right. I mean, it's kind of like be prepared for the opportunity when it comes. Uh, Nothing's, uh, was it? I think was Jim Rohn says it's uh, better to be prepared for an opportunity and not have one to have an opportunity and not be prepared for it. And so, and that, that happens, happens quite a bit. So I I think that's the number one thing is, I mean, starting early, I mean, as soon as, I mean, your freshman year of college, you should be, you should be approaching the game like professional if you want to be a professional. And, and that, and I think if you find yourself being one of the better players where you're at and not being pushed by the other players around you because you're at the top of the food chain, you have to find that way to set your own goals and, and find your own way to push through and challenge yourself even more because that will be the other roadblock that can shut you down. If you're sitting there at the top of the, uh, the pyramid, you don't find yourself pushing every single day. So that's vital is is uh, yeah, being a professional important. before you're a professional. Cool. Good advice. Um, all right. Now let's go back into the coaching. So what made you transition into coaching? Was it something you always had in the back of your mind that you wanted to do? Or was it something that, okay, I'm not playing anymore, but I still love the game. I still want to be involved. Like, what was that like? Um, in the end of the day, man, I, Soccer is like is, is what I do. When I was a kid, it's all I played, all I watched, all I thought about. I mean, everything was all about the game on the weekend. So I'm just one of those guys that's kind of all I know. And that was probably the problem when I was in high school and in college was I was so focused just all in on the soccer and not planning down the future. It's just this next game, this next training. And so it's it's all I've known. So um, with that said, I before I went to Charleston, when I was in Kansas City, I started coaching a little bit with Kansas City Legends. And so I just kind of got my feet wet a little bit. What age was that? Age range was that? Legends? Uh, What was I coaching? Yeah. Um, So they started me out. I I did a little bit of a, it was a combination. I did a little bit of the happy feet program. So I did some four-year-olds as well as they they talked me in their running skill sessions for like 11 to 15-year-olds. And then I ended up with a team. I had all ages. I mean, they gave me a seven and eight-year-old team. And then I also had a, U12, U13 team. So but I started with multiple different ages. Um, but that was while I was still playing. So it was still kind of just like a, an extra income thing for me at that, at that point. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I started there. And then um, when I finished playing, that's kind of one of the opportunities that I had. I was, uh, <clears throat> uh, I, since I was working with Happy Feet and Legends, they franchised their organization. And so I uh, originally was going to start a franchise in any city that I was originally looking at maybe going to Orlando and starting it. Um, there were some certain circumstances in Tulsa. I think at the time, my dad was pretty sick, um, mm-hmm. very uh, was sick at that time. So um, I decided to end up coming back to Tulsa and doing a franchise here. There was already one here. So I ended up coming in and um, running it with the guy. So, um, so, th- so with that, that's kind of what started the coaching journey for me my end goal by that point I had started making the decision I wanted a soccer club and I wanted to coach the highest level as well as have a soccer club so um have my footprint in the game as best as I can and um 
like I said, my, my biggest thing is I, I see myself as someone that serves the game of soccer. So it started there um, and it just kind of continued to evolve and grow as I've grown as a play, I mean, as a person, and co- as a coach. Cool. Um, how long ago was the Happy Feet? What year was that? So I got, I moved to Tulsa in 2012. It was May 2012, the, uh, May or June 2012 that I got here and was um, doing the Happy Feet at that point. So I, I was doing the Happy Feet program here in Tulsa. So 2012, 13, and 14 was okay. when I was doing that. Because I think that's where I like first met met you was uh, yeah. came and took some pictures for you for Happy Feet. So I, I was trying to remember how, how long ago we've known each other. So, yeah, that was way back. It's coming up what eight years ago then. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Someone was just asking me, she was like, "How do you know so many people in, in the soccer community?" And I'm just like, "I just know everyone in the soccer <laughs> world. The soccer world's very closely knit in Tulsa. I mean, it's like a big family. Everyone knows." everyone and Tulsa's just small as it is to begin with yeah if you love the game around Tulsa you'll you'll find each other for sure yeah um so now you're coaching with um the athletic and with Oral Roberts how's that going and where do you see yourself going taking those programs in like the next three four years Man, for me, it's, it's phenomenal. I mean, it's, it's kind of where I want to be in, in the end of the day. Like I had, when I first started coaching back around 2012, 13, I wanted to be in charge of a club as well as coaching at a high level, um, at a high level. And, and I'm, I'm doing that at the moment. And so for me, I, I'm able to do that while still learning. So, I mean, I, I think it's important. People are always trying to learn, even when you're 70, you still be trying to, you, there's always something to learn. So, um, for me, like I, uh, I think, you know, the saying, the more you know, the more you realize you don't know. So I, I'm in a mindset of always learning, always growing, always trying to get better at what I do. And so I think the piece um, of being at ORU is very big for me um, because of the, the coaching staff that I'm surrounded by. Um, I, I, I love that group. So you've got Ryan Bush, who's been doing it for a very long time, runs that program phenomenally. I learn from daily from how he you know, uh, manages the culture there to how he manages the boys, how, um, the system, the play, style of play. Like, it's some phenomenal learning from him. You got uh, Chris Taylor, um, the one that played at the highest level, played MLS, played at youth national teams, got a wealth of knowledge, um, super organized, super responsible, um, kind of a good example of what, you know, a coach and a, and a I'm saying overall good man is supposed to be. And then obviously a lot, a lot of people know McCurdy is a, uh, He's, he knows the game well. He interacts with the boys well. He, he gets the, uh, the idea across well to the boys, and he's fun. Like, he, he, makes, he makes the game enjoyable for the coaching staff and for the, for the players. So, for me, with all that, I, I'm able to learn from each one of them of what I can bring to the game um, and, and things, that, things that work. I mean, and, and right now, I think after this last year that we've had, um, all those, Which was a good one, right? Tools worked. Yeah, all those all those ingredients came together to work well with obviously a, a very talented soccer team that we had there. So it was an exciting time there with ORU. Definitely enjoyed that. And then mixing that with um, the athletic project is is, is exciting. I, I think for me, with even the fact that I transferred colleges, the, the timing of my professional career, and even youth soccer, I think athletic is actually the longest place that I've been in regards to like since it started in 2013 I was playing with them from there 
all the way, I mean, till now. Um, I was assistant coach last year, and I'm even taking a larger lead role in the coaching this year with the first team. So that's uh, well, we're coming up on it's the eighth year now um, of being with that program. So it's exciting. It's exciting the direction we're going and the opportunities that it opens up for the kids in Tulsa as well as for me and the coaching staff. So um, it's a blessing to be able to coach the first team as well as impact the direction of the youth program and and um, be sure that we're developing players that fall in line with reaching the level that I'm currently coaching at of ORU and at, uh, I mean, at the NCAA level and at um, the Tulsa Athletic first team level. Is this the first time they've had the U20 team or? Yeah, so the U20 team is a piece that we added to bridge the gap from the youth academy side to the first team. So the first team is, is made up of, it's a combination of former professionals and basically players that are about to be professional. Um, it's, we, we've got a lot of the best players from across the country um, and then a few of the best from around here, um, from around Tulsa. So it's a very, very high level, which we find important to, to get in front of our youngest players so that they can see that highest level. Because once you see things, you see that it's uh, achievable and attainable. So with that yeah. said, our U20 piece kind of bridges that gap. We take the best high school players from around the state of Oklahoma and put them in an environment to compete and train with that first team and have some of those players compete and train with them and allow them to be in that environment to push them. Um, I think a big problem that happens in Oklahoma, and I, I feel that I ran into that as well, is sometimes, as I said earlier, being at the top of the food chain, you're not pushed and you get comfortable. Um, and even as much as people try to warn you, hey, you need to be working, you need to be doing this a little bit more, a little bit more, it's hard to see it if you're just, that much better than the players around you at the time. So um, bringing the U20 piece and getting it connected with the first team and getting some higher level players around our best players is an opportunity to push them and challenge them and push them out of their comfort zone a bit. And so, um, and then as well as, and, and then most importantly, also provide opportunities as well as bridging that gap from the, the exposure, the high schoolers. Yeah. Getting them a chance to play with that first team because when numbers, injuries happen and things like that that's how opportunities happen and these guys get a chance to play with them so um it, it creates kind of like a clear pathway to that mm -hmm. that next level so when we added that piece this last season we we don't play them uh the u20s we don't play them in that like in their typical age bracket they play in a men's league basically so the upsl the united premier soccer league um which is uh division four in the united states um professional soccer league levels okay. and so um what we did is we put put some kids in um a men's game um to kind of challenge them physically prepare them for the for the college games prepare them for the professional game because that's just something they just can't face when they're playing against players their same age but when they get out there with full-grown men that have experience and they're getting stuck into tackles and the game plays a lot faster then um they're getting better prepared for their next year when they go into college or their professional contract whichever direction they go but um uh what's happened a lot of times like i said with players not being challenged but even away from that is um the senior year a lot of times just soccer kind of slows down for the players because of the conflicts of high school soccer and things like that it's just not it's not necessarily conducive to the top end level of the players to better prepare them for the next level so gotcha. we feel this piece has helped provide that so with that said, um, we had a phenomenal group of boys this last year. Um, a lot of the top players, um, and I, I can't thank them enough 
for uh, jumping in that boat with us this year, with it being the, the first year and then playing with clubs and things like that. And, um, you know, jumping in with the leap of faith of the project that we were doing. And um, they, they went all in, they, they worked their tail off, they committed to the cause and um, they, they ended up winning the, the Red River Division. So we were actually in UPSL Division Two, which with them winning that, we were promoted up to the Division One. So oh, that wow. competes That's in the league with, um, yeah, so Rain FK uh, is, is in that league. Uh, the Oklahoma City team is in that league. And so, yeah, so we've got some local rivalries with some college level players these guys are going to be playing against. And so it's the, the experience for them is phenomenal. And the way these guys have stepped up to the, to the, um, stepped up to the plate has been incredible. So yeah, I love those boys. Those boys are some incredible little players. If, if I'm listening and I'm a high school so, uh, soccer player, how do I get a hold of you or the, like, how do I try out for this U20 team? Like, Yeah. So we did actually have some tryouts a couple months back. Um, now, obviously, there's players who may have missed it and things like that. So you can shoot me an email at levi at tulsa-athletic.com. So it's Tulsa, levi at tulsa-athletic.com. But there's a, a little dash in between Tulsa Athletic. Uh, you can shoot me an email there, and then we can try to get you out to, get you out to a training. Unfortunately, so, so what it's looked like this spring, uh, kind of the mo- what we've been doing was uh, we had our first team that was training for the Open Cup. We had a bid for the Open Cup. And so we had those group of guys training starting back in about February, preparing for that because we were supposed to play March 23rd in the Open Cup. And so what we did was we combined the U20 training session with their session. So um, we were in preparation for this upcoming season because the UPSL season for the U20s was going to run parallel this summer with the first team season. And so they're going to be training side by side and, and uh, playing the season. Um, side by side and so we started the trainings um, and then obviously we've run into this situation with the coronavirus so everything's been put on pause so we're not training until right now through April 30th Um, and so unfortunately if anyone trying to reach out we can't get a look at them until then but obviously they can reach out give me their information and we can try to get them out to a session but that's where we stand right now cool cool Um, any advice for people stuck at home practicing alone during this whole coronavirus thing staying um, motivated it depends on the yourself. age like, like i would i would if i'm an older player i would i would highly suggest getting a workout plan which i, I feel that most elite players actually do have them whether through their club team providing it or their, their uh, college or whatever it may be um most of those players have those if they have not gotten those from their team, I would suggest finding one because um, you're not as productive when you're just doing a random workout and you don't really have a plan of where you're trying to go with it. But if you get yourself a workout and each workout is building on the next, you know, for the physical fitness and things like that, um, that that's very important. So for the older age, I'd say get a workout plan and stick to it, be disciplined, practice your professionalism by being disciplined to do it each day. And then with the younger kids, I just say get. I don't think a plan is as necessary for the younger kids. Get out and get a ball. Like play, 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 play. Try things. Be creative. Do some skills. Create your own games. Kick the ball against the wall over and over. Just play with the ball. Play, 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 play. I mean that's that's the biggest tip I can give the younger kids. Cool. Well, Levi, it's been great having you on. Been great talking to you. Um, my pleasure man this has been fun man um 
Definitely. Yeah, I'm mean, so excited talking about soccer. I almost forgot about we have the whole coronavirus going on thing. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's good. Yeah, we want to get distracted from that. Could try to do the best we can with this time. It's definitely weird. It's something no one's ever gone through. Everyone's trying to figure out how to proceed, you know, with, I mean, with life, you know, yeah. and no one really has the correct answer. So um, I think it's a good time that the, the best we can get out of it is the family time and I think self-development that's something that I've really been big on is trying to improve myself overall um you know from my coaching knowledge to uh discipline myself and workouts to trying to identify a schedule that will work for me when I when we get back to normal everything like that so um improving my um my relationship with God my my focus everything like that being a better father everything like that trying to overall improve myself and, and have some good quality self-development. I think that's something that everyone can try to take this time to do. So one thing we didn't talk about was fatherhood. How has that impacted your soccer career? Yeah, no, it's, uh, I, I couldn't be happier. I love, I absolutely love having my baby girl. Um, but yeah, I mean, it definitely changes your ability to commit your time to things from trying to find a balance to working out to um to getting your work done and still giving the attention that your daughter needs and things like that How old that's is she probably now? the biggest adjustment she's two two and a half now getting close to two and a half i think yeah. is she juggling a ball yet no no I, i'm trying to be as patient as i can with that i try like i said i try to subtly put the ball near and do little things but um yeah, I, I haven't pushed it too much. All right. Yeah. Cool. Cool. All right, man. Well, thanks again, Levi. And uh, like you said, it was Levi at Tulsa-Athletic.com if you want to reach out to him. Thank right. you very yes, much. Sir. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. It was good talking to you. See ya.